When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. A little more sunshine on this Thursday and warmer temperatures. You better enjoy it because it takes an abrupt turn again tomorrow. How are you, everybody? It is a Thursday. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee. Glad to be along with you. 21st day of January. And like we said, sunshine on the way today. 36 are expected high. That's quite a little turnaround from what we experienced yesterday. The winds may still be noticeable, though, so wind chill could still be a part of your day. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, a quick turnaround, sunshine and 17, the best we'll see on Friday. Saturday, clouds 22. Sunday, they're talking about a chance of snow showers in the forecast for the big game, 29 degrees. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist, of course, joining us in about 15 minutes. Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group, now known as Ever Ag down in Platteville, also joining us this morning to give us a little perspective on what's been going on in the dairy trade. Now that we're into a new administration, will that Farmers and Families Food Box program continue? Talking more about that with Mike before the end of the show. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. One of the activities farmers got pretty used to in 2020 was going to the mailbox and getting their government check. What's ahead for 2021? Bob Bosol here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, and we know there are stimulus programs coming in 2021 for agriculture. And, uh, Josh, what are you finding out? What are they? When are they coming? Who's going to get them? Bob, it's Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, and it's good to finally have some answers now that the dust has settled a little bit on that biggest, uh, or excuse me, the latest COVID-19 stimulus package that came out of Washington, D.C. at the end of 2020. So it was worth $900 billion. There was a ton of ag provisions in it, but a lot of programs were new. Some were modified. Some we didn't really know exactly what they were going to be. So I decided to get a hold of Paul Bleiberg. He is the director of government relations at the National Milk Producers Federation. He kind of serves as a direct line from Wisconsin to Washington. And we ran the whole gamut, talked about all the programs, but the first one we started out with was round two of the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP. Because if you recall, we had some problems with it when it was rolled out last spring. So what do farmers need to know as we head into that program this time around? 
So on the Paycheck Protection Program, there were a number of different changes. One that I'll single out was a piece of legislation authored uh, actually from a Wisconsin perspective. Senator Tammy Baldwin and Congressman Ron Kind uh, were among the co-authors of this bill called the Paycheck Protection for Producers Act. And it modifies the program for sole proprietors uh, and other self-employed farmers by letting them use their 2019 gross income calculation for calculating the PPP loans. And this will make the program work a bit better. This is something we worked very hard to get across the finish line. And uh, we were very glad that that was in there. So, you know, there's obviously another round of PPP funding here that'll be in play for the next couple of months. And so I think uh, there'll be a lot of interest there. But uh, that's sort of some of the key stuff we worked on there. Yeah, because what were I mean, you know, you know, just as well as I do, you once PPP was rolled out, everybody was trying to figure out, OK, well, what can I do? What can I do? What were some of the biggest issues that you were hearing from farmers through the first round of PPP? Sure. So at the very beginning, you know, there were so many questions about who was eligible. And, you know, in the ag space, farmers aren't used to dealing with the Small Business Administration, right? They deal with USDA for most programs. And so there are a lot of questions about can farmers use the program? Can co-ops use the program? You know, up to what amount? What can you include? What can you deduct? All kinds of things like that. And so we had to do a lot of spade work, not just not just in getting people's questions answered, of course, but also engaging with SBA and with Congress to sort of figure out, okay, you know, where is their flexibility here to make these programs work as well as possible? And of course, the program was put together in the CARES Act that passed into then became law last March. And that bill was written in a very short amount of time. It was a bipartisan bill, but still, it was written very quickly. And so as a result, you know, there were probably questions that weren't answered in the legislation because people just didn't have time to think of them. And, you know, the small business committees who write this stuff don't necessarily deal with the ag space every day. And so it's understandable that there are questions that, you know, people in ag might have that that just naturally aren't going to be on their radar. And so we had to put stuff on their radar. So it was just there was a lot of questions about, you know, how to make these programs work so that they're farmer friendly. And then there's there's something that I was reading. There's going to be supplemental DMC, Dairy Margin Coverage Program. So what exactly does supplemental DMC mean? So that's a provision that uh, you know now former House Ag Committee Chairman Colin Peterson worked really hard to uh, to get in the package, and he had it in the Heroes Act bill that passed the House earlier in the year last year, and of course it was included in the final. What that provision does essentially is it's going to allow producers to receive supplemental payments if they're enrolled in the dairy margin coverage program. You know, one of the issues that we weren't able to modify in the 2018 Farm Bill, by way of background, was the production history. So if you're in DMC, your production history is still your highest year of milk production out of 2011, 2012, and 2013. So what this provision does in, in this new package is it says, all right, well, you can receive supplemental payments on 75% of the difference between your 2019 actual production and your uh, production history, whatever that is. So the simple math I keep using is, let's say your production history under DMC is, you know, 3 million pounds, but by 2019, you produced 6 million pounds that year. Well, then you would be able to receive a supplemental payment on 75% of 3 million pounds. In other words, the difference between the larger number and the original number. And so this is a way to kind of does two things, frankly. One, it helps all of dairy because it helps build the baseline for the next farm bill. Even though the provision is only targeted to those producers whose production history is under 5 million pounds, by by setting this up and having it run concurrently to the current farm bill, it's going to make it much easier for us to address this in a more permanent way or in a longer-term way when we get to the 2023 farm bill. And number two, on a more on a policy level, it does help you know, a lot of producers who have grown their production and grown their herd size over a, now a longer period of time, at least incrementally, capture some of that in the form of supplemental payments. Now, it's important to note 
that if you aren't enrolled in the DMC program for a given year, you're not going to be able to receive supplemental payments. So if somebody is not in DMC for 2021, they're not going to be able to receive the supplemental payments. But if you sign up for next year for 2022 and you're eligible, then you'd be able to receive supplemental payments for that year. Paul Bleiberg is along with us right now. He is the Director of Government Relations for the National Milk Producers Federation. He's out in Washington, D.C. And this morning, he's trying to help us break down everything that was in that huge COVID-19 stimulus package that we got back at the end of last year and what exactly each individual provision means for agriculture. Uh, I guess let's go ahead and pivot to now there's a couple things we can kind of talk about them together. So because this is where I got a little confused. So there's the Farmers to Family Food Box Program, which has obviously mm-hmm. been a big help this year. But then there's also the Dairy Donation Program. Are those two separate things? Yes, they are. So to, to back out a little bit, in, in the legislation, that you know, there were several provisions that were that very specific pots of money that had dedicated funding. The supplemental DMC provision we spoke about was one, and another one is the Dairy Donation Program, which received $400 million dollars in dedicated funding. And this is a provision that essentially it sets up a program that allows uh, the dairy industry to partner directly with food banks and other distributors to move dairy products into food insecure households. It's a very good program, uh, and it's especially timely given the challenges in the pandemic where you've had product that's not been able to move the way it normally would. Uh, That provision was about $400 million. We're going to be working with the Department of Ag to implement that. It was a priority for uh, incoming Senate Ag Committee Chairman Debbie Stabenow. Uh, Mr. Peterson worked on this as well. Uh, G.T. Thompson from Pennsylvania on the House side, on the Republican side, who's become the ranking member there. A lot lot of people were interested in getting this one done. Uh, So that was $400 million. The supplemental DMC program is somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 million. I'm not sure the exact number. So when you combine those two provisions, that's almost a billion dollars in direct support for dairy, which is very, very helpful. Um, shifting over to the food box program, you know, outside of some of those specific funds that I just described, the bill included an $11 billion fund, $11 billion and change, we'll say, uh, that authorized USDA to use that money to support producers. There were several directives in that fund that said that certain amounts of the money had to be used on certain specific purposes. One of those directives was one that said USDA had to spend at least $1.5 billion out of that $11 billion on product purchases. And so USDA used that that $1.5 billion to do this fifth round of the food box program, which they announced early in the week last week. That's a separate program altogether, obviously, from dairy donation. You know, the food box program is not spelled out in statute. It's something that's in the Code of Federal Regulations because the administration created it last year using funding that had been provided by Congress, but Congress didn't directly write up and legislate the food box program. Okay. And this, all right, this is a two-parter. First part of the question, is CFAP round three happening? Because I've heard that it is, and I've heard that it isn't. So what's going on there? And then secondly, if CFAP three were to happen, it would be handled by the next administration. And how do we feel as we kind of pass the baton from the Trump administration to the Biden administration? So I should start by saying we don't know if there's exactly going to be a CFAP round three, right? That $11 billion fund includes a number of directives, like I said, to make certain kinds of payments to row crop producers, to livestock producers. You know, if there's money left over, there could be money there for dairy, but we don't know that yet. And so whether or not it's another CFAP is a little too you know, unclear at this point. There will be payments made, uh, but it may not exactly resemble what was done before. You know, in the CARES Act, when Congress provided money to USDA, they did so in a way that was fairly broad. And so USDA, the current administration, set up CFAP. 
this the provisions in this new package are much more specific, and so whether or not they take that same form really really is unknown at this point. But to your to your next question, um, you know, obviously in the dairy industry, we've worked closely with Secretary Vilsack, both in his current capacity and his previous capacity as the Ag Secretary. So we'll be looking forward to working with him again, and we've had positive communications already in correspondence with the Biden transition team and think we'll have good dialogue and look forward to working with them. I tried to hit it bullet point by bullet point, but it's impossible to cover everything. Paul, is there any point that you want to make to Wisconsin farmers that we did not talk about yet? Well, I think we covered the big items in the COVID package, and I think I'd just say stay tuned as it relates to the timeline. You know, the food box program was rolled out last week, you know, with that additional funding that Congress provided there. But I think a lot of what's in the bill is going to be implemented by the new administration. Uh, so I just urge everybody to stay alert and stay you know, paying attention to what's going on, both on the USDA side and the SBA side. And we'll continue pushing out information as we can. All right. Sounds like a plan. That is Paul Bleiberg. He is the director of government relations for the National Milk Producers Federation. When that COVID-19 stimulus package was rolled out about a month ago, there was just so much in it. It was tough to digest everything all at once. So now that the dust has settled a little bit, we were able to catch up with Paul and talk about everything from supplemental DMC to the Farmers to Family Food Box program to the Dairy Donation Program and PPP. If you want to re-listen to this conversation, just in case you missed anything, you can do so by going to MidwestFarmReport.com. And as always, for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Should you be wearing shorts or industrial-grade insulated pants? Around these parts, it's tough to tell, but not for ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Weather is up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with ADA, ACO, and CHAD. You no longer have to hide your hands. Your hands have been taking care of everyone else. Isn't it time that you take care of your hands? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Did you know there are several aesthetic treatments that help your hands look brighter, healthier, and more youthful? Treatments such as broadband light and chemical or laser peels help with tone, texture, and getting rid of those stubborn age spots. Skin-type procedures can smooth out wrinkles and fine lines, as well as add new collagen. Dermal filler, like Restylane Lift, is used to improve the volume in the back of the hands. The results are noticed immediately, giving you a fuller, more hydrated appearance. Most treatments can last over a year and are more affordable than you might think. Now you can show off your hands with confidence. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. 
She knows farming, and she'll put you in a headlock if you say different. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, to be honest with you, I am looking forward to a little sunshine today and a bit of a warm-up. Have I been led astray? Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us uh, this morning, and let's talk about it. Uh, yesterday was that first real taste of January-type weather that we got. Now, today, a little more sunshine, and it does look like it's going to be a warmer, a little warmer, right? Yeah, a little bit warmer, but still kind of windy. Maybe not like it was yesterday afternoon, but still windy with some gusts up toward 30 miles per hour. So it's still going to feel chilly. There's no doubt about that. And before this one is through, we all have another chance, another little round of flurries, some really light snow, you know, less than a half inch, enough to catch on your windshield, maybe. That happens later today, last end of the nighttime. Big deal, but that's when that second cool front drops south out of Canada. That front just into northern Minnesota, northern North Dakota this morning, drops through in a big hurry today. So it passes through here, and by late today into the night, As our winds again become northwest, we tap into that colder air, getting colder overnight and absolutely staying that way Friday. If you're looking for sunshine, Pam, there's your chance. Friday should be on the brighter side, but it's going to be cool. And even without a 30-mile-an-hour wind, wind chill values could still drop just to below zero during the day Friday. And we've talked about it. There's another system approaching for the weekend. I expect for a lot of us it doesn't show up till really late Saturday, certainly into Saturday night, lasting into the day Sunday. And I expect there'll be some accumulating snow to talk about. I'll talk about that right after this. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our unique perspective finds solutions to your challenges. And our specially trained financial team guides you every step of the way. Partner with us to make your goals possible. Compure.com. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. NMLS number 619731. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's have the rest of that forecast. All right, we'll enjoy some sun, but the clouds do build in today, and there will be some flurries or light snow around mid-afternoon in the west, late afternoon in the east. Temps today still heading into the mid-30s above normal, but breezy. West winds 8 to 18, gusting to 30. Little snow showers, some flurries into the nighttime, clearing a bit later on, partly cloudy, maybe late. Down to the single digits, the northwest winds 5 to 15, gust to 25. 
Mostly sunny Friday, upper teens. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Some sun early Saturday. The clouds build in a bit more. We head up around 20 or so Saturday with the southeast breeze at 5. Saturday night and Sunday, Pam, some snow. I'd say Madison to Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, Beaver Dam, 1 to 3 inches. Mauston and La Crosse, probably more likely in the 3 to 6 inch range as we head through the weekend. So uh, if you're going, if you did get lucky and get tickets yesterday, you might have some driving challenges to try to get to and from. If you're, yeah, if you're heading up late Saturday, really early Sunday, absolutely. There could be some three, four inch amounts up there toward Green Bay. Hmm. All right. Well, it'll cover the ground. Good. Thanks, Stu. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. See you then. And, you know, honestly, talk about covering the ground uh, in northeast Wisconsin up by Green Bay. There is no snow cover, to be quite honest. We'll have more coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As a contractor, time is money. At Advanced Concrete, we pride ourselves on excellent service, like being on time with your delivery, having prompt and experienced drivers. We think you'll agree, Advanced Concrete outperforms the other guys. The concrete producing company. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. 
Renai tankless water heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a thousand people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. We welcome in Greg Allman covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the Athletic NFL. Also spent 19 years at the Tampa Bay Times. Greg, good morning. How are we doing today? Thank you for joining us. Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, Greg, it's seven degrees here. How is it? In, <laughs> how is it in Tampa? <laughs> it is warmer than seven degrees. It is a balmy uh, fifty or so here. Oh, I'm jealous, my man. I got like I got a flannel on, a thick flannel, a coat. I got everything. You know, where this is actually the coldest day we've had in quite some time here uh, in Wisconsin. But looking at Green Bay, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in. You know, Tom Brady's no stranger to the elements, playing for as long as he did with uh, the Patriots, obviously. But Greg, what has Tom Brady meant to this organization with his first year here for the Buccaneers? Yeah, as big an impact as you can imagine um, in terms of not only the winning on the field uh, and getting back to the playoffs for the first time in 13 years and winning two playoff games, uh, but just in terms of exposure and national platform and primetime games and, and relevance that this franchise really hasn't had uh, since winning the Super Bowl in 2003. So changed in every way you can and probably would be even more so if you had the, the sellout crowds you'd have uh, you yeah. know, we weren't dealing with COVID right now. Right, no doubt about it. Greg joining us, Greg Allman joining us right now from the Athletic NFL. Greg, when you heard the news that Tom Brady was coming to the Buccaneers, what was it like down there for everyone? <laughs> um, it was kind of a, a gradual thing where, you know, there was that initial talk even during the season, and, and I think it was really easy to just dismiss it entirely and be like, look, Brady's not leaving New England. If he left New England, why would he come to Tampa? And then, 
you know, once he, I think it was when he issued a kind of a, a statement saying goodbye to everybody up there, it was like, wow, this, this is actually really happening. He's really leaving. And then once, once that happened, there were only so many suitors um, in terms of other realistic places where he could go. And I think being on the East Coast helped a lot in terms of family and the logistics of being close to, to everybody. And yeah, like I said, it, it's it's one of those where even in the context of COVID, it, it changes everything immediately. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's look ahead now to what's going to happen Sunday. But before that, we got to kind of know our history, you know, as we're looking into the future. That week six loss that the Packers suffered to the Buccaneers, 38 to 10. I heard Matt LaFleur saying, like, we're going to watch the tape. You know, Peter Coach speak, right? We're going to watch the tape. We're going to go through it, yada, yada, yada. Then Aaron Rodgers is on the Pat McAfee show yesterday saying it's irrelevant. What does that week six loss mean to the Packers and the Buccaneers? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it- Shows the Bucks exactly the best they can play. I mean, that was their high point of the season. It, it certainly was the low point for the Packers. Um, it, it's kind of the opposite deal they had with the Saints. You know, when they beat the Saints, they had to go to a place where they had their worst day. You know, they lost 38-3 to the Saints in Week 9. Um, and they had the motivation of, of trying to show they were better than, you know, a debacle on prime time the last time they played the Saints. So with Green Bay, it's the opposite. I mean, they have to they have to counter that same motivation for the other side, and they have to kind of validate that regular season win. I don't think anybody expects them to win by twenty eight again, uh, but it shows what you can do if somehow uh, you can't even really ask for this. But if you can get multiple interceptions from Aaron Rodgers, you can have a pick six against Aaron Rodgers. That's not something. Uh, you can just call up an order. There's not a play that can call that, but you, you kind of need the luck of being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, um, Todd Bowles, uh, I know I was looking at your Twitter account, Greg, and you are watching or uh, talking about how Rodgers hasn't faced Todd Bowles very often. Is Todd Bowles kind of like, you know, with that Week 6 win that they had, is Todd Bowles kind of the Aaron Rodgers stopper, if you will? Well, I mean, on that one day he is. Um, <laughs> you know, I think there's lots of other quarterbacks that would, would show you can pass the ball against his defense if, if you do things right. You know, it's one of those where it's a really young secondary. Um, they're all like 25 or younger, third year, second year, even rookies in there. Um, and they've had some really big plays. You know, I mean, they came up, they had, there were three 2019 draft picks that picked off Drew Brees <laughs> on Sunday. So, I mean, that's two really good quarterbacks that don't throw a lot of interceptions, and they managed to get five between the two of them. Um, and, and that's kind of what they need to do again. It's like it, it's a tough ask. But you need to get turnovers. You know, that's going to be one of those things that decides things. You don't expect Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to throw turnovers, to throw interceptions. Yeah. But one team has to do that. Oh, um, I know. And I, I don't foresee, no, knock on wood now, for my side of things, I don't foresee Aaron Rodgers throwing two interceptions who's so careful with the ball and a pick six. So I'm knocking on wood here. But yeah, to your point, it's going to come down to those turnovers because it's so, you know, both teams good on offense, both teams good on defense. What we were lamenting a lot about how bad the Packers' special teams uh, is. <laughs> the Buccaneers, though, I looked are like one worse. Is that true? Is the Buccaneers? It, it really is. It, it's a problem spot. They gave up a fifty-yard punt return on the opening punt. Uh, you know, like the first time the Bucks defense took the field in New Orleans, it was on their own twenty-yard line. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's problematic. Um, reliable kicker in Ryan Suckup. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I hope we hear him clearly. Mike North, Commodity Risk Management Group, now known as EverAg down in Platteville, is going to be jumping on the horn with us here in about 15 minutes. Uh, we saw barrel and block cheese lose ground again yesterday in Chicago, but the butter came up as far as price. Is this a reflection of what's happening with those Farmers and Families Food Box programs? We understood that even in a Biden administration, they might continue. Find out what Mike's got to say about that and whatever else he's got up his sleeve. That's up in about 15 minutes. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the 21st day of January, not a lot of real earth-shaking tidbits that I could find for you. This is the first day that the Concorde, remember those supersonic airplanes? It's the first day that they offered service back in 1976. On the same time, at the same time, Two of the supersonic aircraft took off, one from Paris and the other from London. Obviously, if you were one of the folks that got a chance to experience those supersonic birds, keep that ticket. It is uh, definitely collectible because obviously those big planes were not in the skies for very long because of accidents. On this day in 1899, Opal built its first automobile. Now today, I bet if I ask... A good chunk of the population. Do you remember what an opal looked like? They're going to say, what are you talking about? Opal? You mean like a ring? No, it actually was a car. And it turned out to be one of the world's largest car manufacturers. Started on this date in 1899. As far as birthdays are concerned, kind of thin today, but happy birthday to American golfer Jack Nicklaus, born, born on this date back in 1940. And I think he's still swinging a pretty effective club. And now you know. Well, we want you to know that coming up next week, the annual Ag Outlook Forum is going to be happening, again, like many things, online. Josh Scramlin joins us this morning with a preview. The Wisconsin Agricultural Outlook Forum is taking place this year, albeit it will look very different, much like other events due to COVID-19. But this is an event that features both academic and industry leaders within Wisconsin, and it's sponsored by UW-Madison's College of Agricultural and Life Sciences. Dr. Paul Mitchell is the director of the Rank Agribusiness Institute. He is the one that organizes this event. Dr. Mitchell, when is this event actually taking place? Well, this year it's January 26th from 9 till noon, all virtual, um, free. So you just can log in, or you don't have to log in. You just have to register so we can send you the email link. Um, and then you click and you can watch it on your, at your home computer. We're going to do a very good job of keeping tight to the schedule. So if you don't want to hear the, you only want to hear the dairy one, you come and hit the dairy one, you'll know it'll be on at 10, 10 to 11 o'clock or whatever, you're, you know, the schedule's there. Um, and so, and we'll keep it moving and we'll, have it everyone will be virtual um but i'll be there on live and kind of try, doing my best to make it as conversational as we can we'll also do the the standard stuff the pre will be pre-recorded the um the dairy situation outlook the grain situation outlook and the um the livestock market situation outlook that's normally was done live we're going to pre-record it a week in advance and have people watch it um they'll get if you're registered you'll get an email so you get to get the latest information there and then There'll be audience Q&A via the chat box, um, and we'll have a conversation with industry experts about, we're looking at the future, post-COVID economy, what's going on here, what are the opportunities, and what's the future hold? Um, don't want to look backwards at impacts, I'm going to look forward at um, what are the new opportunities and um, changes we should expect as we go into this post-COVID time 
I'm hoping I'm being a little optimistic there that this COVID thing will be turning around here with the vaccinations and everything. I, I like the optimism. Let's keep going with the optimism. Obviously, you know, I, I get that you have a bunch of different experts coming in and talk about a bunch of different things. But, I mean, what are some of the things that, uh, if you could give me a sliver of what you're going to talk about, some of the exciting, optimistic things? Well, the part time, we're going to look at greens. Um, and, you know, we'll do a, we got John Heinberg from Total Farm Marketing. Or he used to be called Stuart Peterson. He'll be doing the grain situation outlook, and he's pretty good. I've heard him talk a few other times. So that'd be a fairly traditional, where's the market going in 20, um, the 2020 crop, and where's, what's 2021 going to be holding for us? But then we got um, Josh Gounet from Landmark and Chris DeLong from the DeLong Company, and those they're going to provide a much different perspective than we get, like what's been happening in grain shipping. And like Chris DeLong from the DeLong Company has got some pretty good information about specialty grains. We always focus on yellow number two corn, but there's a whole lot of going on in these specialty grains. Um, and there's some opportunities there for Wisconsin farmers and Wisconsin ag business. I mean, the Dillon Company ships a lot of stuff um, internationally. And I think there's a whole, you know, this it's organic, it's food grade things. We can be capturing that market. And that's an opportunity there. On the dairy side, we'll be getting people from the Dairy Innovation Hub. Maria Wolt and her husband, Nick, will talk about the fall, small dairy farmer perspective as well as the Wisconsin Dairy Innovation Hub. And John Lucy from UW-Madison's um, Center for Dairy Research, he works a lot with the sort of what I call the dairy industry, the processing of milk. And um, he's got this new Dairy Business um, Innovation Alliance, DBIA. He's been really on the for- forefront of new innovations in the dairy processing side of things. So I think we'll hear a lot from the UW people about what they saw and where they what they see coming in terms of new dairy innovation for, you know, what do we do with our milk? Last year, I had the chance to attend this event, and obviously that was the in-person event, but there's just so much knowledge packed into one day. It's actually going to be nice to have some of them pre-recorded and kind of go in and be able to watch them when you want. Oh, I think so. That's what we decided. And and then, so we kind of take the cut and dried stuff and make it um, uh, pre-recorded, the traditional out situation outlook, and then make that audience time with the experts much more dynamic and again those are recorded so if you can't miss it or if you can't attend it you can well, you'll be able to watch those you know afterwards and we'll have some it'll all be q a oriented more of a conversation with industry experts and so i'm really looking forward to that um the last part would be the meat um side and you know we that all made the news with the animals being euthanized and everything and i'll I'm sure a lot of people heard anecdotally that a lot of the um you know the big companies obviously had trouble with packing with their lines going down. So a lot of the small packers stepped up. Well, we got some, I got Jake Seiler from Seiler's Meats and then Kevin Ladbeck from Johnsonville. So the small company and the big company, we're going to talk about what they saw and how they've been dealing with the, what's going on in the meat industry. What's new. Um, Kevin's really been working on some interesting stuff there. And Jake will really provide a nice perspective from the, the small uh, meat packing places. I mean, he said, he, I've got 33 employees. It's all, all the bigger he is. Um, and then um, Jeff Sindelar will be talking about the UW Meat Science Lab, um, the new lab that just opened up here. I think I'm really excited to hear what he's going to say about what kind of new research they're going to be working on to help the meat industry here in the state. Perfect. Okay. And then one more time before I let you go, the detail, what, what's the date and time for that? Um, it's January 26th, um, 2021. It's all morning, 9 to 12, January 26th, a Tuesday. And you just go on and register at rank.aae.wisc.edu. So I'm sure you guys can put that up as well. And they should see it in the ag media. But 
all morning, Tuesday morning, 9 to noon. Dr. Paul Mitchell is the director of the Rank Agribusiness Institute at UW-Madison. He's one of the organizers of the upcoming Wisconsin Agricultural Outlook Forum. Yes, you are correct. That is posted on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, if you'd like to find out how to register. It's going to be held virtually on Tuesday, January 26th. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Another event that's going to be all virtual this year is the annual Organic Farming Conference. Uh, That's going to be coming up in February 22nd through the 27th, five in one, five different groups coming together for their virtual conference. Still, Moses, the Midwest Organic Sustainable Education Service, wanted to recognize their Organic Farmer of the Year. And this year, that award goes to a farmer that is in uh, Missouri, Liz Grasnack runs Happy Hollow Farm, an organic vegetable farm in Monito County, Missouri. She will be recognized during that uh, virtual annual meeting with Moses coming up again, as we said, February 22nd through the 27th. Markets were soft yesterday on the close, but they're trying to gain back a little ground this morning. March corn's up six at 528. December corn's up two and a half at 451. March soybeans are up almost seven at 1376, while November beans are unchanged at 1171. July wheat's up a nickel, 655 a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago dropped 12 cents yesterday at $1.44. 40-pound block cheese down 7 at $1.73. Double-A butter, that actually gained a nickel at $1.45 and a half. The February milk is up 7 right now at seventeen twenty, but the March milk still down uh, 13 cents currently at seventeen sixty-five a hundredweight. Well, is this all connected to the Farmers and Families Food Box programs? We'll find out what he thinks about it. Mike North from Commodity Risk Management Group, now called Ever Ag in Platteville. He joins us live next. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Winter's a great time to tackle projects. Let Blaine's Farm and Fleet get those projects done faster with our wide assortment of products. We carry everything from nuts and bolts to tools and tires and all kinds of feed and bedding. Right now, Hillman Grade 2 Hex Nuts, Bolts, and Washers, just $1.79 a pound. Keep your flock happy with NatureWise Feed. Choose from 40-pound bags of Hardy Hen and Feather Fixer or 50-pound bags of Country Feeds Egg Producer Feed, now $2 off. And stock up on 25-pound bags of Nutristart Kid Non-Medicated Milk Replacer and 25-pound bags of Advanced Lamb Non-Medicated Milk Replacer. Your choice, just $39.99. Save 10% on select tractor parts and tune-up kits. Select Stanley Tractor Replacement Mufflers and Rain Caps, Apache Hydraulic Hose Assemblies, Dado Roller Chains, and Delavan Hydraulic Cylinders. And mark your calendars for Chick Days, coming soon. Go to farmandfleet.com for all the details. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford and Rihala, 
We help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, when you've got colorful characters like I like to try to provide at this early hour, you wouldn't want to go to Chicago. Yeah, it's our friend Mike North, uh, Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as EverAg, joining us on a crisp start to a Thursday morning, but hopefully improving into the 30s today. You know, we're looking for improvement in the dairy markets, Mike. Yesterday we saw barrel and block cheese again take a slide while double, uh, while butter was up. Talk to me a little bit about what the dairy markets are looking for, reacting to. I've got to believe it's still connected to the Farmers and Families Food Box program, even though we installed a new president yesterday. That's exactly right, Pam. And if you go back to late December, you saw a lot of chatter coming out of the stimulus bill about the next food box program that would be brought forward. And there's a lot of anticipation as some early details came out in in early January uh, that we would see this big run in cheese. There was talk of $2 plus. And in fact, the block even made its way close to $2, peaking out at $1.96 just last week. And when you take a look at the most recent details, which were released yesterday, ultimately, it was not what was initially anticipated. So we had the $400 million that was attributed to the donation program. There was $1.5 billion that was going to the food boxes that would buy dairy products. Uh, and we weren't exactly certain how they were going to execute that. And in the, the the contracts that were awarded on Tuesday evening really shed a lot of light on that. And at that point, it became pretty clear that they're only spending about 330 to 350 million in this first round. Which, if you look at the three month window that they're intending to spend the money over, if you, you know, even that out, we barely hit a billion dollars of the 1.5. So we immediately slash a third of the volume off of the top if in fact they hold true to this original award of of product contracts. So right now the market's left wondering, is it really 1.5 or is it more like a billion? And if it's a billion, how do they allocate the cash in the course of a three-month window? So we saw sharp declines. We've watched as the February milk contract in Class 3 has dropped about $2 in two days. And we've watched the Block cheese, which began its descent here a few days back, um, dropped from that 196 now to a level of 173, like you pointed out a moment ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not the first time that we've been disappointed on how they're executing this Farmers to Families Food Box program. Uh, dairy obviously is still included. Do we get the sense? I've been told that this is a popular program no matter uh, what administration is in charge and that we may see this continuing. Are we getting any vibe on that? Yeah, there's been that chatter, but it's still too early in the Biden administration to know exactly 
how they're going to approach it. I mean, we saw yesterday through the inauguration a whole string of executive orders that were signed off on really sending the signal that they are taking a very different and almost opposite path of what was done in the Trump administration. And so as it relates to the food box program, we're still wondering if they do use it, will it at all look or smell the same as what we've seen in the last year? To your point, um, it has some popularity and certainly we haven't changed the fact that we're, we're running on unemployment that's, you know, greater than what we've been used to. And there's this ongoing case being made that there's economic, uh, uh, pressure put on families throughout the United States because of COVID, you know, they're going to likely maintain some sort of presence here. We just don't know what. And as we've seen in this round of food box, the rules are vastly different than what they were in the previous rounds. So this could be an evolving mechanism. We're just not exactly certain what to expect out of it next. So with that in mind, then, I've got to ask you the question that still continues to haunt a lot of dairy producers, PPD, producer price differential. Uh, what are we, are we starting to ease out of that now? That's uh, one of those things that just slaps us in the face every time we look at the milk check. Yeah, and we already are. If you look at the month of January, the current spread between class three and class four is $2.40. If you track that backwards through the time when class one pricing was in play, um, you know, at that time it was, it was a little closer to three. But when you run the math, you know, the, the, the PPD and the class one market, as you look at the differential, you know, the class one price is the average of the two plus 74 cents. So, we're already, by way of that averaging function, weaning that down pretty well. Um, as we go into February, it gets even tighter still. And one thing about this particular round of food box is that it has a lower of provision for one element of the, of the uh, food box uh, uh, program, which really means that the lowest valued commodity will be the one that gets awarded the contract. So it becomes a little bit of a leveling agent in the market across all the product categories. So we're hoping that even if we see something along those lines going forward, that it doesn't skew our market the way that we've seen it before. Now, the sad news with that is that previously we had a negative PPD attached to a much higher price. And in Wisconsin with a heavy class three base, it didn't hurt us as bad as you might see in other parts of the country. If we, in fact, have gotten rid of the PPD, the unfortunate news is that it may come with a lower class three market. Mm -hmm. And as we're watching, even in the last couple of days, as food box has kind of fallen off, you know, we're already back off of 19, back to 17 with January milk going off at 16, mm -hmm. you know, maybe the trajectory is, is to much lower prices. So, it's one of those months where you almost have to be a little bit careful what you ask for right now. Yeah, no kidding. Well, Mike, we appreciate it. Mike North, along with us from uh, Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville, now known as EverAg. And I'll tell you what, uh, as we continue to wait for answers from the government and direction from the Biden administration, let me suggest that uh, you can reach out to uh, Mike and his staff, Ever. Dot ag on the World Wide Web, or you can also feel free to give them a call at 844
845-6688. We appreciate him joining us on a cold Thursday morning. This 